the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead, and I'm a California bar-admitted attorney, and I'm also a bankruptcy law certified specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. Now, in addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees of law. One, I am a master of the laws of taxation law, and the other makes me a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. Both of my master's degrees were obtained at my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in the beautiful downtown San Francisco. Because of my training, my experience, my interests, and my existence on this planet, I primarily practice bankruptcy, debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and taxation law. And I'm also proud to say that as part of my practice, I am sometimes able to seek out and vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the victims of the various forms of financial elder abuse that's running rampant in our country today. I am, as always, so pleased to be able to come to you once again today from the beautiful KFAX studios located in the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, I must once again point out to you and ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with an, at least an outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help to help you with your legal and financial matters. I, I, I say this because, as I'm known for saying, representing yourself in a legal matter, especially one that um, deals with your finances and might impact your ability to make a living for yourself and your family, I say representing yourself in one of these kind of cases is like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. And I got to tell you, the only people that who take butter knives to gunfights are situations where the guns uh, on the other side are toy guns. But mostly, you're going to be finding yourself dealing with real lawyers on the other side and everybody else in the courtroom listening to your case 
and have the ability to make a decision about your case will be a real lawyer with legal expertise that you don't have. And so that's really what I'm trying to get you to understand. Some of the topics that I share with you here on Selwyn's Law are very complex and complicated, and they are intentionally uh, because that's one way to keep people with JDs behind their names employed. (laughs) But be that as it may, you, if you find yourself on the wrong side of a lawsuit, you or you need to bring a lawsuit against someone that harmed you, you need to have a lawyer helping you or a financial advisor helping you if you're dealing with financial uh, issues. And even still, you're likely going to need a a lawyer to help you. And and so until things get better and, and, and they do away with all of us lawyers, you need to find the best one who can help you articulate your case to a judge who is also a lawyer. So again, I share for you the purpose of Selma's Law here on KFAX. In case you haven't guessed it, it's to discuss the law related to your money and, unfortunately, more than often the lack thereof and your overall finances and what you may need to consider to protect your families or your business's financial health and money-related well-being as I understand these concepts in a non-threatening educational form. So, Today, I want to broach a new subject, and I want to talk about the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Now, some of you don't know what this is, but I think everybody that has a bank account or, uh, uh, or has a uh, financial account with a brokerage firm or ha- needs to take out a mortgage or needs to refinance a mortgage, you really need to know about this agency. So I'm going to share with you in the next couple of weeks uh, the hows and the whys of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, why it was created, and its current status, and how we all need to be concerned about the future of this agency. And we're in the midst of the political season right now, and um, you know, I don't care if you're a conservative or you're a liberal, you need to know about the agencies that are at least acting as if they're protecting your rights as a financial service industry consumer. Uh, And uh, that's what I want to talk about. So my source material for today include an article written by Amy Howell for the Supreme Court of the United States blog, also known as the SCOTUS blog. And it was published uh, on that uh, website, uh, www.scotus, S-C-O-T-U-S, stands for Supreme Court of the United States, blog.com. It was published on February 10, 2020, and it talks about a pending matter before the Supreme Court that's going to be heard the first week in March that has to do with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. And I also uh, use this source material, an overview of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau published on its website, and that is www.consumerfinance.gov, and an overview of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau that is on Wikipedia, one of those free encyclopedias that you can get. And But basically, my own personal knowledge as a financial services industry consumer advocate for more years than I care to know or state, but it feels like at least 100 years. Now, first off, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is an agency of the United States government that's responsible for consumer protection in the financial sector. The the Bureau is what I'm going to call it, 
going forward. Its jurisdiction includes banks, credit unions, securities firms, payday lenders, mortgage servicing operations, foreclosure relief service agencies, debt collectors, and other financial companies operating in the United States. So the Bureau was created and authorized by the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act of 2010. And it was passed uh, to deal with the financial crisis that came upon this country in the 2007-2008 time frame and the subsequent Great Recession that we had where many, many, many hundreds of thousands of people lost their homes. Now, the Bureau's status as an independent agency has been challenged but was upheld by the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit sitting in Bank, and that means all of, all of the judges um, ruled on it and, it, and it came out ahead. So according to the Bureau's website, they say, or it says, or its employees say, as its mission statement is, we aim to make consumer financial markets work for consumers, responsible providers of those services, and the economy as a whole. We protect consumers from unfair, deceptive, or abusive practices and take actions against companies that break the law. We arm people with information, steps, and tools that they need to make smart decisions. In a market that works, prices, risks, and terms of the deal are clearly stated up front so that consumers can understand their options and do some comparison shopping. Companies all play by the same rules, and the same consumer protection rules uh, compete fairly on providing quality and service to the consumer. Now, according to its vision, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau says, we create tools, answer common questions, and provide tips that help consumers navigate their financial choices and shop for the deal that works best for them. They're going to say that we enforce uh, rules. We take actions against predatory companies and practices that violate the law and have already returned billions of dollars to harm consumers. Now, the Bureau also says that it, it has an educational forum. We encourage financial education and capability forum from childhood through retirement. They publish research and educate financial companies about their financial responsibilities to the consumers. It goes on to say that its core function is rooting out unfair, deceptive, and abusive practices by writing rules, supervising companies, and enforcing the law. They also enforce laws that outlaw discrimination in consumer finance. They take consumer complaints. They educate financial education by enhance it, that is to say, and they research uh, the consumer experience by using uh, uh, special tools to help understand what financial products consumers are looking for, and they also monitor the financial markets for new risks to consumers that are popping up every day. So I, I really want us all to understand the functions of this agency because it is actually in jeopardy right now, and many people don't realize that. 
So when we come back, uh, we're going to continue today's topic, the who, what, and why of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and what you need to know about the key players and the future fate of this agency with a goal of protecting us all from the overreach of financial institutions and others, uh, things that we need to depend on to make our finances viable. So stay tuned. We'll We'll be right back. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law. As we continue today's topic, the who, what, and why of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and what you need to know about the key players and the future fate of this agency whose goal it is to protect us all from the overreach of financial institutions and others that we depend on for our financial viability each and every day. Again, the source for material for this particular topic include an article written by Amy Howe of the Supreme Court's blog, which was published at, on the Supreme Court's website, the blog website, that is to say, on February 10, 2020, an overview of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau located on its website at consumerfinance.gov, an overview of the Bureau that you can find on Wikipedia uh, or other online uh, encyclopedias, and and mostly my own personal knowledge as a consumer financial service industry consumer advocate for at least the last 30 years. I started when I was one. (laughs) So the Bureau's history in, again, on July 2010, Congress passed the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act during the 111th United States Congress in response to the late 2000s recession and um, the financial crisis. Now, the agency, and many people don't know this, the agency was originally proposed in 2007 by then Harvard Law School professor and current U.S. Senator, and current presidential candidate, Elizabeth Warren. Now, many of you don't know this, but Elizabeth Warren was a renowned and very successful bankruptcy attorney before she went off into uh, the education field. And for many, many years, she was an avid Republican and conservative. But she saw what was happening to some of her clients And as such, after she got into academia, she thought that a bureau that was focused just on protecting consumers and educating them about their rights and responsibilities and also being uh, doggedly uh, responsible for ferreting out unfair and deceptive practices that were used in the financial services industry. So the proposed consumer bureau that uh, Ms. Warren came up with Uh, It was supported by a whole wide array of consumer protection organizations all across the country, including a couple that I was a member of when I worked for a public interest law firm and also uh, worked for an organization that was geared towards helping women and people of color learn about their financial rights and responsibilities. 
So back on September 17th of 2010, then President Obama announced the appointment of Mrs. Warren as one of his assistants and special advisors uh, to the Secretary of Treasury on what was needed to create a bureau, this particular bureau, that was going to be responsive and responsible for consumer protection. And so she, while working for President Obama, set up this new agency. Now, due to the way the legislation creating the bureau was written, until the first director was in place, the agency was not able to write new rules or supervise financial institutions other than banks. So from Jump Street, the organization dealt with banks. And uh, because banks were having a, a negative impact on people's ability to stay in the houses that they put all their money into. Then on uh, July 21, 2000, uh, 2011, a year later, uh, Senator uh, Richard Shelby wrote an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal affirming his continued opposition to the Bureau because of its centralized management structure, and noting that the Securities and Exchange Commission and the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation had executive boards and that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau should be no different. So what was different about the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau? The idea was to isolate the management and control of the Bureau from the political winds. And so what do I mean? Most organizations dealing with regulating banks and other financial institutions have an odd number of members appointed by uh, the president with input from the Senate. So, for example... The um, Securities and Exchange Commission has five members, and the Federal Trade Commission has five members, and that's generally so that you know the Democrats appoint two, and the Republicans appoint two, and whoever is the president gets to appoint the third one. And so it's it's a adv- advisory board of directors kind of process, but it's as you can see, it tend would tend to uh, yield to the political winds. Uh, whoever was in charge of Congress and holding the White House at the time. So what Mrs. Warren thought was necessary to kind of isolate it would have a single uh, person uh, who would be responsible for leading the organization. Now, there are other organizations uh, under presidents where there's a single person, secretaries of defense, secretaries of state, and so they thought that that model would be good, and the president could not Uh, fire the person unless the person committed an act of malfeasance. And so that tended to make the organization isolated as much as possible in a a political organization can be in a political uh, climate away from the political whims of what's going on. And so ever since then, there's been, you know, litigation and legislation to do away with that. Um, However, the first person that President Obama wanted to lead that organization was Mrs. Warren. But because she had done such a good job structuring the organization to be isolated from uh, political play, and she had a reputation for uh, really being hard-nosed against banks and institutions for the way they treated consumers, um, and nobody wanted her to be it. And so the President Obama just said, you know, you can't be it. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for your work. <laughs> you go away now, little girl. <laughs> Get out of here. And so he, uh, he uh, um, recommended one of her lieutenants to 
the Congress, Mr. Cordray. And so um, the, the Senate didn't go along with that because it was in uh, uh, the hands of the party that was opposed to anything that President Obama wanted to do. But he uh, eventually appointed Mr. Cordray during what is known as a recess appointment. So I don't want to make you all crazy. I, I, I enjoy knowing about how our country works in the Constitution. But technically, you know, you suppose, a president is supposed to put forth uh, a nomination and the um, Senate is supposed to have hearings and they're supposed to advise and consent. And when they, when they wouldn't, he appointed somebody when they were off at recess. But they said they really weren't off at recess. <laughs> they just went to the, to the ladies' room. <laughs> it was all litigation about that. But eventually, Mr. Cadre got uh, confirmed by the Senate. And then we were off to the races. Um, there were, I, in my own memory, sent a whole bunch of my clients to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau to file complaints about the way that they were being treated by their financial institutions and got really good results. But right now, um, the new administration is trying to take the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau out, and they have done a very good job of eliminating the ability for advocacy organizations throughout the country to be able to input. There was a 25-member consumer board uh, that was put in place, and um, our current president, uh, through um, the the person that he appointed to run uh, the organization, took those people out. So now there is a lawsuit uh, concerning the structure of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and whether it's constitutional to have a single person um, be able to uh, make decisions and lead the organization, although that's what's going on right now. And they're slowly but surely unwinding all of the things that I believe were in the best interest of financial services industry consumers. They're slowly winding them down. I, I just want to give you a few stats. Since the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau was implemented and has a database in it, you can go online and file a complaint uh, since it was established in 2011, more than 730 million complaints have been published. And so that means that many, many more of them were booted because maybe they were unsubstantiated. But that's almost like a million people have uh, complaints about their financial services uh, industry. And, um, you know, one of the leading organizations that supported is Consumers Union a nonprofit organization that I I used to work closely with. And we had um, a factual basis to claim that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau provides vital tools that can help consumers make informed decisions. So even if you don't like um, the uh, rehabilitative nature of the Bureau in helping financial institutions get on back on the right track by maybe punishing them or fining them, at least the idea of educating consumers so that they make wise decisions and not, say, for example, engage in or sign up for a predatory loan that from the jump street is going to guarantee that they not only lost whatever d- down payment they made on their house, all of the payments that they made end up losing the house and sitting by the side of the road. And I got to tell you, I got some clients right now that live in their cars. So, you know, we, we, you know, we, 
I'm a Christian, because, as you can imagine, because I'm on this radio network. But I don't talk about it a lot because I'm a lawyer. But it's always in the back of my mind. That's not a Christian thing to do, to support tearing down the ability to pe- protect lonely, isolated, poorly educated people who worked their whole life to buy a house, and now it's gone. So, you know, when we come back together next time, we're going to continue this discussion. Um, but as I like to say in closing, here at Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, especially laws that protect our family's finances. So till next time, take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. 